0: Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and branding coach specifically for therapists. And so in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the three tips to position yourself. So to give you some background about where this topic came from in my dope therapist community, I've received a few questions over the last few months about how I was able to secure particular contracts throughout the last few years with community agencies, such as nonprofits, um, as a supervisor, as a program developer, as a consultant and or contractor. And so I wanted to break this down into three manageable tips so that you can see or evaluate your process of getting to the table, uh, pitching your product or service to a program, and or looking at what you've done so far and fine-tuning your process. Okay. So the easiest way for me to do this with the three tips is to share the tip, but then also just to tell you some of the examples of how I've been able to successfully collaborate with community agencies, okay? So the first tip is networking and developing strong relationships. And so about seven or eight years ago, um, probably about that time, I was working for the county and I specifically was working in a juvenile justice system for aftercare. And so what that means is that the kids are being released from the camp and they have a mandated order and or the probation officer highly recommends that they participate in mental health services. Now at this time, we were technically the catch-all program. So we would work very closely with probation. But during that time um, as an aftercare psychologist, I would go up to the camp. I would meet with the client, the child, the minor um all those words we use interchangeably but we would meet with the kid and their family or caregivers along with the individuals who work with that child within the camp system and then also those people who will be working with the kid when he or she gets out and our goal was to link them with services of course so that we can keep them busy keep them focused keep them positive so that they don't resort back to the same behaviors that probably got them in jail in the first place so I was linked up with a nonprofit within South Central and they came to the table to present services the same way that I did um, within these meetings that I had to go to. They're called MDT, Multidisciplinary Team Meetings. And so I became um, very connected with the program and then I started making referrals for a lot of my um, male clients because majority of my clients were males. I would make a lot of referrals for them participate in services through this nonprofit, which meant that they can obtain a summer job. They can also potentially go to the continuation school right there on site next door and then walk right over to to the nonprofit sector, uh, meet up with their uh, coach or case manager or whomever is over the youth summer program, and then get guidance on applying for jobs, um, skill sets needed to get jobs, and then other linkage for community resources. And so needless to say, that was an awesome program. It's called PV Jobs Right Turn, if you want to look it up, if you live in Los Angeles County. And what they do is work with particular zip codes within um, Los Angeles County, and they provide services, um, work uh, services, coaching, um, and other supportive services for the reentry population. And so back then, we had a lot of youth in the program. And I think because of grants and things like that we're building the youth program up and when i say we meaning we're working collaboratively but i've been having i've had a strong relationship with a particular individual since i started collaborating with that program okay and so when i stopped working for the county and or i had no referrals at a particular time frame i would still check in with the program i would support them some of my kids would be recognized like years down the line of their participation in the program So they would invite me every single year to their yearly luncheon where these kids would get Senate awards, trophies, um, youth year, you know, year reward and things like that. So I stayed in contact. Okay. so again, tip number one is network and develop strong relationships because it also gives you the background of the program to get to know what the program's mission truly is so that you can make sure that it's a program you want to work with long term. Okay, and then after I start working with the kids, we would keep in touch. Like I mentioned, Um, they would invite me to things. But also when they had an opportunity to bring me on board, we would schedule a phone meeting to talk about their needs. I would talk to them about what I can provide. We would discuss a potential budget and sometimes it would work. Sometimes it would not. Okay, so tip number two, you have to know your value based off the service or product that you are providing. Providing or would like to provide this program. So just to give you a little bit of background as far as what I was going through um, mentally and also for business decisions is that my rates remained the same hourly despite the collegial relationship that I had developed with this program because I knew the value of what I could provide. And I know that typically I overvalue, I pack on value on top of value, okay? And they know that as well, which is why I believe they stayed connected with me for so long. I also knew regarding my value you that I can serve this population whether it be um, adolescents or adults simply because of my years working in the county but then also some of the work that I've done through my private practice and other community agencies. I knew that I was good at what I did whether it be therapeutically as a teacher workshop trainer um, and things like that and I knew that I can also easily break barriers to stereotypes of mental health primarily to be honest because I reflect regarding ethnicity and where I grew up where I lived for a large portion of my life up until what last year I reflect the demographics of the population in regards to race um, exposure to community violence very familiar with people going in and out of the jail system I am a child of an individual who was in the jail system pretty much throughout my whole childhood, and my father. So I knew that I can reach these clients in a very different way. I was also up for the challenge. One of the things that all my supervisors loved about me is that I would often request the most difficult clients because one, other clinicians didn't want to work with them. And then also, I just felt like they weren't difficult. They just were not approached the right way and they just wanted to be heard and seen because they were probably silenced especially in the correctional system and then also I was willing to try new things and so I wanted to let them know hey beyond therapy do you know that I'm a professor do you know that I have a wealth of knowledge in all of these areas did you know that I can actually train not just the clients or the community members that you serve but that I can also serve your staff I can also consult with you to see um, where you're stuck at and brainstorm with you as well because I'm really good with program development. That's my thing. So that goes along with tip number two in regards to the topic of positioning your pitch. And so lastly, you may be wondering like, okay, we have talked about the position of linkage with relationships. We've talked about positioning yourself, but also knowing your value internally. But then let's talk about sitting at the table. So the third tip is find out how you can add more value. And so the reason why I'm not giving you the specific answer to maybe what you're looking for, which is how to position myself. What do I say? What do I email? What letter do I send? Anyone who sends me an email like that or ask a question in my programs, I'll tell them that first you may want to Just schedule a meeting and have a conversation with that person whether it's over the phone whether it's via email over lunch something so that they can get to know you on a more professional but also personal level so that you can make sure that the chemistry and the energy vibes before you start dishing out all these programs because you also want to know what is the missing gap that they have that you can feel and you won't know that if you just look online because not all information is even updated online so Some of the value that I knew that I could add to this program is workshops. They had recently received a grant to do trauma-informed care. And because I had already positioned myself with a strong relationship, them knowing how I value treating this population and they knew my energy, they definitely knew and they told me, you are the person that I want for this position. How much does it cost? And so I said, let's schedule a meeting Because I want to know what all does it entail before I start dishing out prices. To me, it's value first, money second. It will come if I'm walking in alignment with what resonates well with my energy and the path that I am on in my career and in my business. And so we scheduled a meeting. I literally brought my son. Avery, my husband, because they wanted to see the baby. And so, um, you know, they sat in in the meeting, you know, for a little bit. And then um, they took him out. I talked to the program director at that time, um, but I came prepared. I came with a folder considering what they had already told me over the phone through numerous conversations I had already picked up what they were looking for and what was the missing gap or what could I offer as the only mental health professional um, positioning myself in their program what could I offer that they're not getting but that can also provide a higher level of service meaning value for their clientele and so I positioned certain workshops that I can offer that aligned with what they were looking for and then I'm going to say Pandora's box open because they had no clue that i could do that so they started asking more questions and i was like oh yeah for sure i can do that um but like i mentioned i brought a folder and they said okay how much is all this going to cost and i said well based off of what we talked about over the phone this is my first proposition like a draft and they were like oh wow you already have it okay this is the outline of what you're going to provide but how much does it cost Like, like how many hours I said, flip the back, flip it to the back. And they were like, oh my God, you got all the prices on the back. And I said, yes, because I've done my research. I've worked with this program for a long time, maybe not directly for a couple of years, but I've had numerous conversations and I do my research and I ask particular questions before I come to the meeting for a reason, because I also know that you don't have time to waste. Like that was my, like talk to them. And I am very authentic to who I am. The way that that I talk on this podcast, the way that I talk on YouTube and Instagram videos through my masterclass to my clients, very casual, but also professional, letting them know that I'm very down to earth. And that's also the energy that they were looking for. So we became very talkative about what services I can offer to their community members, but also to their staff. Okay. And so from there, it pretty much has grown over the last, I've been there for almost a year now. I believe it'll be a year either this month or in August because I started last summer. And we're looking into collaborating on future grants, renewing grants, and continuing to grow the program because we also had, I was, happy to say that I was able to participate by their request in a review and a program review is really big when it comes down to grant funding for those of you who've worked with programs that are grant funded okay so they asked me to provide information on the services that I was providing the community and I said of course no problem so I was on this phone call and the gentleman just asked me a few questions about what do I provide? And so I just told them what I did like every time I came up there and after I was done, he just said, I'm gonna be quite frank and honest. Like I'm very impressed. I don't know why I'm getting like teary eyed, but I'm very impressed. I'm very like happy for this program because no other program that I've spoken to or that I've worked with has the level of of psychological insight that you're given this program. And it's definitely needed for the population that you guys are serving. So I'm very happy that they found you and that you're collaborating with them and that you will continue to do so. And that was just to me, confirmation, another level of confirmation from God, from this universe. And also just for me to understand how important the work I provide, um, The resources and value that I provide to this community and also to the staff because I spoke to that and I said, Hey, if I do such and such workshop with the participants, the clients, I also do it with the staff because they are humans and they are in the human services field, and we have to be very mindful of the work that we do and how it impacts us because we go home to our families. And I personally know. What that feels like, if you've heard any of my previous episodes about like the real reason why I left, you know, a six figure job is that burnout is real and burnout is higher with people who work with other people. So, I really hope that you enjoyed um, these tips. Just as a recap, um, number one tip to positioning your pitch to a program is to network and continue to develop strong relationships. Number two is know your value. Number three is find out how you can add more value. And um, the moral of the story, which is why I share my background, is that I hope that you're really passionate about who you want to serve and that you're not just going after these programs because it's another paycheck, it's another stream of income. Opportunities will come to you and they will come specifically for you. They will be magnetically assigned to you if you put out the right energy, but first I'm going to say you need to be invited to the table. You should not just be pitching your product or service to multiple programs. I mean, one of the things that I, and this is me personally, that I honestly just don't like is when I get all of these mailers in the mail or phone calls or emails, even for emails that I never signed up for their email list. And they're telling me all these things that they can provide me. And granted, that's fine. Maybe the first email, the first mailer, but when I start getting multiple It bothers me. I'll give you a good way that somebody positioned me, though, via a letter, because some of my clinicians do want to send out letters. Okay, so um, because I was providing psychological services in Cerritos, California, which is a very small subsidy in L.A. County, I receive mailers about. Um, re-entry from hospitals for adolescent or adult clients and depending on the level of the client I actually don't mind seeing clients out of the hospital depending on their psychological history meaning are they appropriate for private uh, practice or do they need a higher level of care okay and so I received a whole pamphlet, a folder, breaking down their clientele, their mission, their vision, their philosophy and such. And then it was followed up by a phone call. And that is what I loved because to me, going along with number one, the relationship is key. The connection is key. And you have to connect with me first because... One, I don't even know if I have time to read all these pamphlets. Okay, and that's something you want to take in consideration that if you're going to mail something or email something, I hope that you're going to you know, follow it up with either hand delivering it to the office. That would be awesome. And and trying to schedule a lunch or something like that or a meeting and or following up with a phone call to make sure that they received it and ask them if they have any questions and then see if you can schedule a meeting after. Okay, so I made an ideal idea and a proposal to this program. They accepted it under certain conditions just to wrap up the story. Um, And I was also willing to grow with the program because what I had pitched, they couldn't meet the needs 100 percent, but they can meet the needs 50 percent. So the way that I looked at it is I really want to serve this program. I really want to serve these clients in this community. Therefore, I'm willing to start off what we will call part time and then eventually build up to full time. Now, full time is not 40 hours a week. Full time may be for me 20 hours a week with a full blown internship program providing mental health services to this nonprofit. That's the vision that I have for this program, and that's something that we're collaborating on right now. Okay, so. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, my question to you is, do you want to learn more about growing a practice and different ways to position yourself in the market regarding your brand and marketing techniques? Um, if the answer is yes, I definitely would encourage you to go down to the link in my show notes, take the private practice quiz. The beauty part about this quiz is that it will give you recommendations regarding your brand and your business structure, um, specifically related to a private practice, because everything that I'm talking about is an extension of my private practice. Okay. So some people may say, I want to have five streams of income, but one stream of income, like the umbrella of a private practice can lead to multiple streams of income with the services that you can provide through your private practice so don't think that you have to go and like build four to five different programs okay so this private practice quiz it will help you classify how ready you are to build and grow your private practice infrastructure um, even if you already have a practice I would strongly encourage you to take the quiz anyway because a lot of my clients that currently had a practice in the dope therapist Academy they chose to rebrand and rebuild the infrastructure of their practice simply because it was not growing um, if you are not following me on Instagram um, go ahead and go over there because i share a lot of the behind the scenes in regards to growing and branding a a mental health business and a lot of those things are not shared on the podcast Um, if you want to go that extra mile please make sure that you or please um, leave feedback on specifically itunes because the more downloads and feedback that i have the better that i can get at providing um A variety of different levels of content for mental health professionals. So if you enjoyed this episode, let me know what your biggest takeaway was. And then also let me know if you have any other questions or ideas about what you want to learn about regarding branding, positioning, and marketing your mental health business. So I will see you on the next episode. Have a great day. Love you. Bye.